Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today we're once again going to be exploring another state. Today we have found ourselves roaming through the lands of Tennessee. I lived in East Tennessee for a short time in my teens and it was an interesting area to say the least. From the BFE to rather decently sized cities like Knoxville, they have a little bit of everything there. I have a bunch of personal scary stories I could even share in a future episode if you guys would like. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your stories at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Now, without further ado, let us jump right into these creepy and allegedly true Tennessee horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hello, I'm going to start this story by saying I'm lucky to be here typing this. I'm a 24-year-old woman from Tennessee. My parents always beat the stranger danger into my head and told me never to pick anyone up off the street for any reason. Around March or April of 2020, the lockdown started to hit my city due to the pandemic. I had taken leave from work due to the pandemic for a medical condition. My husband works second shift. So on nights when my boredom was getting the best of me, I'd set out on a nice drive with my music blaring. I prefer driving the back roads because there are no cops and I like going fast. I know, it's dumb, but cars are meant for going fast and it's in my blood. Anyway, I went on this back road where my aunt happens to live. It's about midnight and I'm driving down this road. I see a woman waving her flashlight and running toward my car. Keep in mind, I'm stupidly going 60 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. I hurry and slam on my brakes, barely missing this skinny tiny woman. I rolled my window down to check on her, and she was panicking. She asked me to give her a ride to the pilot gas station. It was only a two minute drive from where we were. At first I told her no, I couldn't. I didn't know her. She kept begging me and said her boyfriend had beat her up and kicked her out. She also had this big purse, and when I kept declining, she dumped her bag onto the road and said, Look, I have no weapons or drugs. I just need a ride to the pilot, please. And I, being a supporter of women, obviously because I am one, and being a survivor of domestic abuse myself, I stupidly agreed to let her in my car. I told her, I can call the police for you. And she said, They've already been called. And I said, Well, then shouldn't you wait for them? If we leave, they won't find you. And as I'm saying this, I see a police officer drive by real slow while glaring into my car. Oh, there's the cop now. Let me turn around and get his attention. He can help you. At this point, and when I said this, this woman glared at me with the evilest eyes, grabbed me by the arm, and told me through her toothless mouth, If you turn around, I'll get my boys to hurt you. That was the moment I realized I made a big mistake. I should mention that when I saw this woman on the street, I couldn't know that she didn't have teeth and was an addict. I noticed it when she was closer to me in the car. She didn't know that I carry a knife in my door pocket, and I was ready to use it if needed. I keep driving to the pilot, and we're about 30 seconds away when she tells me, Not this pilot. Take me to the one the next town over. At which point I said, No, I'm taking you to this pilot. It's what we agreed on. And I hurried in front of the pilot doors. I looked at that girl and I firmly said angrily, 
get out of my car, get out now. And she said, you can't do this to me, please, he'll find me. And I yelled again, I don't care, get out or I'm going to stab you. She opened the door and got out. As she was climbing out, I threw her purse at her and she shut my door and yelled, some obscenities. I rolled my window and yelled back, but we won't get into that. I hightailed it out of there. I called 911 to report what had just happened, and they said they already had police in the area looking for her. Halfway down the road, the shakes set in, and I had a panic attack. That was the scariest two-minute drive of my life. Finally, I got home and told everything when my husband came home. We called the pilot shortly after my 911 call and they told us the girl was arrested and they found a blanket inside of her purse with all kinds of drugs rolled up into it. Do you all remember her mentioning how she dumped her purse on the road for me? The blanket didn't fall out and I had no idea it was there. I was relieved she had been arrested. However, I was terrified that she did have quote unquote boys to hurt me. She knew what I drove. My car isn't your average car. Mine is a modded one with bright metallic red wheels, metallic red accents, and a giant purple dual exhaust, and other mods, but the other ones aren't visible as they are under the hood. Also, not many people in my city own this car model. I was also scared she'd remember the details of my car and her boys would easily find me. I avoided that road for weeks and didn't leave my apartment for a couple of days after the incident out of fear. It's been over a year and nothing else has came of it. I learned my lesson, and I've never told anyone this story except my husband and best friend. I feel stupid for ignoring my gut, and my parents taught me much better than this. But girls, please, never put anyone you don't know in your car. Even if it's another girl, women aren't necessarily any safer than men. Hello, I am 15 years old and live in a small town in Tennessee. I live a little bit away from town and my street road is populated with houses dotted every so often. This isn't a very long or perfect story, but it's always made me think twice before going somewhere late at night. This probably happened around a year ago by now. I had left my house at around 10 p.m. and I had snuck out to see a friend and hang out for a little bit. We had had a good time and when I left around midnight, my house was probably about a half a mile away from his. The road had quite a few curves in it. It was also pitch black outside, but the dark never really bothered me anyway. As I rode my bike up a semi-steep hill, blasting music and almost froze halfway to my house, I thought I had heard rustling to my right. To my right was someone's huge yard. Their house was off to the side of it, and the yard had not been maintained in quite some time, so the tall yellow grass was waist high, which also meant that I couldn't see whatever was making the noise. I didn't think much of it until I reached the peak of the small hill. Instinctively, I looked behind me in case there was a car coming up the road, and instead, I heard the tip-tap of paws running on the right of the road behind me. As soon as I heard it, I quickly looked behind me and saw a huge white dog chasing after me. It was around three feet tall with a pure white coat. I didn't see its face or anything else than a white flash of fur as, it, as I started trying to pedal faster. Then, finally, I heard it gaining on me and adrenaline made me jump off my bike. As quickly as I could, I turned around and started yelling as loud as I could and waving my arms at it. It was a stupid idea, now that I think about it in hindsight, but at the time, I didn't have many other options. And luckily for me, 
My idea had worked, and I saw it run back into the tall grass where it had come from. I biked as fast as I could back to my house, and everything was fine for the rest of the night. The next day, I went around all the homes in the area. I had asked if they had a dog like the one I saw the night before, and they all said they had never seen anything like it. Fortunately, I have yet to see it again, but this frightened me. The only reason this dog had scared me so badly was because of a story my dad had told me a little bit ago. He and one of his exes used to live up there a long time ago, and one night they were driving up the road not far from my street. He said that they were coming back from exploring an abandoned house. They had passed by a heavily forested area and were listening to music. Then he suddenly said that they saw a vast white wolf running at the same pace as the car. It had tried to ram into the side of it as hard as it could. However, when they had gotten far enough away, they got out to check the vehicle to see how much damage there was. The scariest part is there was not even a dent or a scratch on the car. The story my dad told me has chilled me to the bone because I believe we encountered the same exact thing. We wanted to have a good time together, my girlfriend and me. You see, she's a nurse and must work the night shift. The hospital she works at requires about five years of experience before you can even think of working the day shift. This wouldn't be such a problem, but I work as a marketer. I work a typical nine to five in an office and finding time for each other is tough. Our sleep schedules are chaotic, so when Valentine's Day rolled on a day and night we were both working, and we got frustrated, it was hard to explain how you feel when you're being cheated out of time. Like there isn't going to be a moment you can sit down and truly enjoy your relationship for what it is, but we decided we wouldn't let our lame schedules get the best of us. We decided we would visit the city for a weekend getaway. Valentine's Day fell on a Thursday, but we figured having a little weekend trip would be the next best thing, maybe even better. She's been adamant about visiting the Oak Ridge area in Tennessee. Her grandfather worked there back in the day, which always interested her. She's always telling me these facts about how creepy it is and how she must go one day. It's roughly an eight-hour drive from where we live, so we made a deal about driving. I was going to drive the entire way there, and she was going to drive while we were in the city. She got the good deal of the bargain, but that's what you do when you care for your girlfriend. But something strange happened, something that has tainted my memory ever since that time. When I think back and remember that weekend getaway, I'm not thinking about us cuddling up on the couch, or any of the fun places we got to visit there. We got there Friday night. She mostly slept in the car but felt tired still. She told me she'd be able to sleep that night we got there and be awake and expected for the next day. So that's just what we did, and it was a great day. We got to visit the museum and learned about the Manhattan Project. She even got to see the plant where her grandfather used to work, and at least we're pretty sure it was that. He's deceased now, but the tour guide said this is where most of the work of the bombs was done, and, well, I guess he worked on them. Anyway, the day was great, but it didn't last very long. By the time it was dark, we were out of ideas for things to do, and quite frankly, out of energy. So we decided to visit our favorite fast food joint, Wendy's. Don't judge us. And she was driving as we made our way there. It was only 10 or 15 minutes. She had her music on and I looked out the window. At one point, a blue Mustang was beside our car. 
We were stopped at a red light and I looked out the window and peered into theirs. I saw a significantly older man. He looked unhappy, miserable even. His skin looked pale, unnaturally pale. I'm not sure when he started, but he was also staring at me. It wasn't until I investigated the car that I noticed either. I'm not going to lie. It freaked me out. We made eye contact for about 5 to 10 seconds. And then, for the briefest moments, he smiled. But it was so fast. It must have been a split second that his mouth went into a smile and then back into a frown. It was the strangest thing I have ever seen. I looked over at my girlfriend, who had noticed. She was jamming out to Bohemian Rhapsody. The light turned green, and we were in motion again. I didn't take my eyes off that car for the rest of the ride. At least until they turned. That's not the craziest part, though. You see, it gets even weirder. We were planning on leaving Monday morning, and on Sunday night, we went out to eat, but this time, to an actual restaurant. We weren't feeling fast food again, so we looked up on the internet. A great place that was a local restaurant with great reviews. I had my favorite food, deep fried chicken. So off we went. I had completely forgotten about the strange man I saw in the car. But halfway through our meal, I noticed him again. This time he was in the restaurant. He was staring at me. I know he was. And when I saw it, he did that same facial movement, just the way I remembered. He went from a miserable frown, and in a split second, he was smiling, only for his face to be frowning again in the next instant. I'm not sure what I said about my reaction. He hadn't done anything wrong to me, and I was enjoying a nice meal with my girlfriend. Therefore, it was strange for my fight-or-flight instinct to kick in, and I went up and confronted him. He was sitting at a booth alone. I asked him why he was looking at me. To my absolute surprise, he never said a word. They just sat there and frowned at me. I asked him what his problem was before my girlfriend told me it was time, and we headed home. She knows I can get a little worked up and wanted to avoid a confrontation. It's not illegal to look at people, she spoke. Still though, something about that man made me feel strange and uncomfortable. So I watched. Well, Monday morning came and about an hour into the car ride home, she was asleep again. And you guessed it. You guessed it. I saw the freaky older man again. But this time, it was way worse. For starters, he was driving a different car. I don't know what this guy's life is like, but I can imagine you must do something interesting to afford a Mustang and still have enough money to have a second car. And to make things even worse, he had been in the left lane as if he was going to pass me, but he didn't. He just paced with me for about a mile. Finally, I noticed a car next to me, and it wasn't until I looked over to flip the bird that I recognized him. It was the creepy older guy, but he wasn't frowning anymore. That smile he'd only been able to muster for a split second was permanently stained on his aged face. It was the most horrifying thing I have ever seen in my life. Suddenly, he turns his head forward and aggressively veers his car in my direction. Reflexively, I slam on the brakes and swerve off the side of the road to avoid him. My girlfriend is shaken awake and all we could see is his vehicle speeding off in the distance through a cloud of dirt. My heart was racing like crazy and I couldn't process much with my girlfriend screaming and asking what was going on. I started to feel myself choke up. We discussed whether we should waste our time calling the police, but I was so scared that the best course of action seemed to be getting out of that godforsaken town as fast as possible. The rest of the ride happened without incident, 
and I haven't been there since, or seen that guy. That was the least romantic and most insane Valentine's Day ever. I haven't told this story to too many people, and it still creeps me out to this day. When I was 12 years old, in about 2013, I moved to this old house built in the 1940s. No one has lived in this house for over 30 years, and it was the first fall I've ever seen at this house. I was taking the trash out to our back porch, and from there I could see a tree line that is usually very green and hard to see through, but seeing how it was fall, the leaves are almost all fallen on the ground. As I was walking out to the trash, I look at the tree line, about 30 to 40 yards away, and I see four to five at least seven foot tall pure white humanoids with no faces. I stand there in awe, not knowing what to think at first. It looked like they were talking with hand gestures, but I couldn't hear anything. Now, that I think of it, I heard nothing at the time. No birds, no bugs, not even the trees moving with the visibly moving branches in the wind. Finally, I screamed, Hey! To which the creatures became motionless, like statues. I proceeded to ask, Who are you? I stood there for a few seconds before the animals or creatures or whatever they were disperse. I could see far into the woods, and yet they all went their separate ways, not even hearing a leaf or a twig crack when they fled. They ran off so quickly that it seemed like a blur. After that, I completely forgot about the experience until later that night. As I said, I was young, and at this time, my mom worked the night shift and wasn't there when I screamed at these creatures initially. Just so you know, I live on essential farmland, but my neighbors could easily walk up to my driveway in a matter of two to three minutes. So later that night, around 9pm, I heard knocking on my back door which led to the back porch where the creatures were, and I thought maybe my mom had told the neighbors to check up on me, so I could check it out. So I went to the back door, turned the rear porch light on, and opened it and saw that there was no one there. So I chalked it up to maybe it was one of my dogs hitting the door or something around it. After this knocking kept coming from the door, which was weird because every time I rounded the door to where I could see, there would be nobody there. Now this happens a few more times for a couple of minutes. It ranged from when I turned my back from the entrance to when the moment I sit back on my bed, waiting 5 to 10 minutes before it happens again. Finally, after this and the increasing anxiety, I got fed up and went outside to scream. I don't know who you are, but you better stop. To my surprise, it did, for about 30 minutes. Then the knocking came from all around the house, windows, doors, walls, everything, much more intense. I was scared and curled in the corner of my bed. Finally, after about 30 minutes, there was one last bang outside my window that I felt shook the entire house. I was shocked that the window didn't break. That was the end of it, and I didn't hear anything for the other five years that I lived there. I have never been able to understand if these things were connected or not, the creature and the knocking. But what scares me the most is the thought that this creature could shake my house and leave no damage. I lived in Tennessee at the time, by the way. If this helps anybody figure out what this thing could have been.
I've always been interested in the paranormal and unexplained since I was a young kid after having experience with what I now believe to be a black-eyed kid, but that's another story for another day. This story takes place when I was 15 or so in the middle of Tennessee. Back then I was going through my edgy phase as we all do, and I thought it was cool to go into the woods alone to blow off steam and whatnot. I spent a lot of time with my grandma as my dad worked six days a week and didn't feel comfortable leaving me home alone since we lived in a sort of sketchy, meth-head area town, whereas my grandma lived in a relatively nicer area. She owns a few good acres of land, and if you go far enough into the woods, this beautiful waterfall leads to an underground spring. One day, I was trekking the land I knew like the back of my hand at that point, enjoying the peacefulness the wilderness had to offer. After going uphill for some time, then it starts going downhill, there was a clearing that will take you straight to the waterfall. Watching my feet as I walked, always cautious to not step on a copperhead, I came down the hill to the clearing. Right at the bottom of the hill, something unusual caught my eye. It took a second to realize what I was staring at, but it was the skeleton of a deer, freshly killed. Now normally I wouldn't overthink this, but something felt wrong about this entire sight. There was no rotted skin or signs of flesh anywhere. These bones still had fresh blood but no sign of skin or anything of the like. My young teenage mind tried to process this, and I couldn't think of any predator that lived in this area that could strip a deer like this. No hunter would dump the bones in this area because this was not an area where hunters were known to hunt. The moment I realized this was wrong, a sense of impending doom washed over me. My fight or flight kicked in. It felt like the trees and ground all around me, even above me, were moving, shaking like something fast was coming towards me. I took off as fast as my legs would take me, not looking behind me for a second, but I could sense that something there was chasing after me. I heard the twigs and sticks break under the weight of something behind me, running fast behind me, right on my heels. I don't think I ever ran that fast in my life. Once I was out of that clearing in the woods and back in my grandmother's backyard, the feeling of safety finally washed over me. I don't know what was in those woods that day, but I didn't hike back there alone ever again. So I told a school friend this story the other day and he said maybe I should send it into the show and see if anyone knew or had an explanation as to what I had seen. Here's some background information. I am a 16-year-old male and my father and I were hog hunting in southern Tennessee. We've taken trips to hunt for various game every single year. This year though, we had a good season for deer and didn't want to let the hunting be over. So we decided to hunt hogs. If you didn't know, hogs are a nuisance species meaning that they could be hunted any time of year. Anyways, now that that's all out of the way. He had come with me to my stand and given me general directions to his if I ended up needing them. I didn't see anything all afternoon, and as the sun began to set, I heard what sounded like a gunshot and squealing. From the direction that I heard it from, I understood that this would be my dad's stand. I sat there for a moment and decided, maybe if I'd wait, I'd see something. Seeing as the sun was already setting, I figured it'd be better just to help with my little light that I had. After about three minutes of walking, I came up on what I thought was his stand, though it looked like a shack. It looked unkept and very, very shoddy. 
I approached it and saw my dad through a gap in one of the walls and assumed I was at the shooting window. I whispered, asking him if he had gotten anything. He very slowly turned to look at me. If you hunt, you know that your head movements must be slow as not to alert any game. But this was not that. It was more of a foreign movement. One resembling that of a serial killer in some super dumb horror movie. He looked at me with a blank expression for a minute. Well, not empty. It was more of like that with a slight hint of anger. But I quickly chalked that up to my dad, wondering why I'd leave my stand before he called. Seeing that, I decided he was not ready to go yet. So I returned to my stand without questioning him further. Sure enough, my dad called my cell phone a few minutes later after returning to my perspective, saying he was coming to get me and we would leave. On the way home, I asked him why he didn't say anything when I came by. He looked at me confused and said something along the lines of, You never came to me. I didn't see you. And I laughed briefly and asked, No, seriously. My dad is a jokester, but not a prankster or someone who likes scaring people. But he was dead serious. He genuinely said I never came to see him. So I'm not entirely sure what to make of this. Did I see, like, some sort of doppelganger? Maybe a skimwalker? A fleshgate? I don't know, maybe it was some sort of weird, interdimensional gate I walked through and saw him through a different parallel universe. But all I can say is that it was strange and it gives me goosebumps to think about. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Tennessee horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp growing. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there, as the more ratings we get there, the more the show grows on that platform, and it's incredibly helpful. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I am always looking for fresh, new scary stories to share with everyone here in the swamp. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free. From Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free, and always will be. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of that, why not check out the merch store? You can find a link in the description to t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to come join me over on Twitch. There's also a link in the description for you to follow me over there. I play horror games similar to the quarry that I'm playing right now. It's a survival game that has all kinds of crazy elements going on, and I think you'd enjoy it. You can also find me over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to find behind-the-scenes stuff that you won't find here on Twitter. And I'll see you guys soon with another creepy episode.